Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And the safari on Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7. WFNZ, jump on in. Who knows what we'll see on this expedition? Feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610. I wanted to talk about the Carolina Panthers draft prospects, but real quickly, Wes dropped some pretty big news on us before we turned the mics on. He said he caught the guy that fills some of the vending machines and stocks the area that we can go get some snacks. And so now Wes is telling us he's got the hookup. You've got the hookup now, and so can we give you a list? Can you be our caretaker? Well, you know what was interesting? So I saw him, and I forgot his name that quick, but he was the substitute guy, but he was said he was going to tell the main guy uh, what I said because I told him, I said, why do we have Pepsi in there but no Diet Pepsi? <laughs> and he said that he would get it for me. He said, because I was like, is there somebody in the building that is over this? Because at Fox, we had a lady who was over, you know, she that was part of her duty. So if you mm-hmm. wanted something, you could just tell her, and then she would get it done. But he was like, no, man. He said, just tell us. And he's like, we'll get it for you. And he said the reason they weren't getting a lot of the diet soft drinks was because they haven't been selling well. And he said there's so much competition Mm. on the market with the zeros and all these drinks. He said that they're not selling as well because I asked him about that cheer wine. And he said he said that definitely doesn't sell like that. And he said um, people want the real cheer wine. Is that what it is? He said that. But he said there's so much competition. He said when you have these zeros and all this different stuff coming out left and right. So that's what he said. I, I didn't. I don't think I asked him for any about any food items. It was just mainly diet Pepsi. Well, look, man. I came in and I started guest hosting around August. Yeah. And there were bangs of plenty in there. Yeah. Now, granted, I drank them all up. Yeah. I would go over there and I would make sure that they were all gone. But we haven't seen them anymore. Yeah. So just if you run into our guy again, if because I saw him after the info, show yesterday, okay. so maybe. Tuesdays around this time is when I hope he's it's, in there restocking. I hope it's a weekly thing and not like a, a bi-weekly thing or something yeah, like that. I was going to tell 52, I, I saw something in there that would be right up his alley. They, had a, they have a double sausage biscuit in there that is 105% of your daily intake of saturated <laughs> fat and 73% of your daily intake of sodium. Oh I said, who the hell is eating this? <laughs> You said, wait, it, I, I know the nutrition is some of the reason as to why you immediately thought of Fitty, but if it wasn't double, would you not have thought of Fitty if it was just a sausage biscuit? <laughs> Does the fact that it's a double sausage biscuit. The fact biscuit. it's double and the, that the yeah. nutrition facts were so bad, I said, man, this is right up Fitty's alley right here. Uh, 704 said, diet, cheer, wine, straight fire, moose, bang, energy is elite. Yes, preachy, uh, appreciate it. 252 is saying Pepsi Max and a bunch of greater than signs. Yeah. I've, had, I've not had the Pepsi Max. Yeah, I've had Pepsi Z. Zero. I've had. I've tried a lot of them. All right. So this is what I want to ask anybody listening right now, as it pertains to snacks. What is the snack that you eat pretty regularly that makes you feel the worst when you look at the nutritional value? Because for me, there's no question. Mm-hmm. I'll eat a Ben and Jerry's pint right here, right now, yeah. in about five, seven minutes <laughs> worth of time. I can't put it away. I'm not saving some for later. I'm eating it all right now, and then I look at the nutritional value. We're talking about these things being 1,300 calories, oh. which is in that one pint. 
You're talking about all of the saturated fat in the world that you could ever ask for. (laughs) And I down that thing in less than 10 minutes worth of time. Tell us what is the worst you feel when you look at the nutritional facts about one of your favorite snacks. I think for me, it's definitely uh, candy. Like when you have the Skittles or the, you know, Snickers or something like that. The problem is you can control candy a little bit more. For me, at least. For me, at least. If you have some of the... Some candy is a little bit more controllable than others. But I was looking at... My, my girlfriend loves the Nerds Clusters, which are so good. Those just came out, right? They've they been have around the jelly for a while. bean in the middle. Well, those are great. See, I got her that for Valentine's Day. She uh-huh. didn't love it, but that just turned into a Walker Valentine's Day treat. Yeah. The thing is, if you eat five at a time, you hold off on it. It's not that many calories. I can control that a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. But when I have the ice cream right in front of my face, no way, man. No way. 980 said Circle K taquitos and Mountain Dew. Uh, Shade Tree said Christmas tree, Debbie Snacks. Oh, when it's time for the Christmas trees. Absolutely. Great, yeah. great entry. Yeah. Crumble cookies, that's bad. Especially if you just sit there and eat some of the some oh, of the little man. pieces of that cookie every so time. Good. Oh, yeah. I mean, how, how I'm, you... I'm not doing pieces, man. I'm going to eat a whole one. Now, what, I, what I like to do is if sometimes if you get the um, like the four, the box of four. Well, that's what we and get. And then I'll just cut pieces, and I'll have enough to equal a whole cookie out of those four. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that, I just, so I can try them all, but I'm still only having really one. That's an elite move. Yeah, if, that's if, what I do. If nobody learns anything else from this program today, yeah. they need to learn how to eat crumble cookies like yeah. Wes Bryant yeah. because that's such an elite move. <laughs> and last thing, somebody said, yeah, they were feeling me. It's HJ saying amen to Ben and Jerry's pint of fish food in my freezer right now. And mm-hmm. fish food is one of the worst because they have the marshmallow fluff. So mm-hmm. not only is it bad for you, but also the marshmallow fluff, it makes you feel fluffed. Yeah. Which is yeah, probably that's the a bad thing way too, to though. phrase the that. Carbs in them, they make you feel so Oh, yeah. It makes you feel bad. All right. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers and some of the options that they have in this NFL draft. So, so Bryce Young. Yes. I think considered still the number one quarterback in the NFL draft. Mm -hmm. It's certainly not a slam dunk. I know a lot of people like C.J. Stroud. Anthony Richardson, the steam is a coming. So Anthony Richardson goes and tests crazy at the combine. C.J. Stroud goes and has the best throwing session at the combine. Bryce Young answers the questions about his weight with 204 pounds that he posted, which is only, by the way, 10 pounds less than C.J. Stroud, which Mm -hmm. is an interesting point I do feel like needs to be talked about more. But with all of that said, certainly with us feeling the way we do about Bryce Young, do you feel like if Carolina trades up to number one, it's certainly going to be Bryce Young? Or do you feel like Richardson, maybe Stroud, they're actually in the field to play here? It's so confusing. Uh, I, I would say if I... Be def- if I'm definitive, which I like, I'm going to say that, no, I, I don't think it's a guarantee that it's Bryce Young. I agree. I, I have no clue who the Panthers really want. Um, we've heard so much about how much they like C.J. Stroud. Now this Anthony Richardson, I, I heard this morning, they're saying that teams are actually afraid not to draft him. And it's like what we talked about with Bryce Young, so where you said yep. that for people who – don't draft him because of his size, what the repercussions could be. But people are starting to think that way about Anthony Richardson. It's hilarious. It's almost the opposite because he's the big strapping quarterback with all the athleticism. Teams are afraid not to pick him, even though he's not a great passer. Then on the other hand, you have a prolific passer that because of his size, the teams aren't afraid to not pick him. It's absolutely insane. And and another thing that we could come back to, because we're having the Lamar Jackson conversation, it's amazing to me how much things have changed in just a short span from when Lamar was selected, 
because he had to wait until the bottom of the first round. But yet Anthony Richardson now is being talked about as being the top pick. And Lamar wins the Heisman, is a two-time Heisman finalist, and he had to wait until the end of the first round. Lamar Jackson I think is probably more so at the forefront of QB prospects that come in and flip everything on its head because the idea of drafting an athlete is that he can't help you win right now. But was he? Because Michael Vick went number one. Well, I mean, there are outliers. As far as now, I think you actually have a trend of drafting the freakazoid at QB. Because everybody's doing RPO now. Well, and then having, exactly, right? Like, Lamar was earlier than a Kyler Murray at number one overall. But, But even the guys that hit, that's the thing that scares you. Because Josh Allen... He was not good at throwing the football in Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got the tools. He was crazy toolsy. And then <laughs> he was. I'll toolsy. say that. Yeah. I like that. We have to add that to our list of Wesson Walker-isms. Well, we're going to add that to the lexicon. Uh, yeah, yeah, Josh Allen, very toolsy. You might describe Anthony, uh, or not Anthony, Aaron Rodgers that way. I'll describe Josh Allen a very different way yeah. as toolsy. But he comes in and what, the third year in the NFL, that's when he starts to put it all together. Justin Herbert, where in college, I know I bring him up more so than you do in, in this category, but there are a lot of people out on Justin Herbert because of some of the processing, but nobody denied the physical features he brings, and he comes in and is pretty damn accurate immediately, yeah. and you even draft, you're, you're right, because the college game is starting to infiltrate the NFL game a little bit more, and I think the trend almost started with Lamar, because here's someone that is real skinny, that did run all over the place. He was amazing to watch in college. That guy mm-hmm. was insane. But Baltimore wants to have the fifth-year option, a part of Lamar Jackson's process, so they make him the last selection in the first round. He comes in for Joe Flacco and is good immediately Yes, because you start to have the offense circulating what he does well. And so it, it, it kind of forces these offensive coordinators to – Make sure they establish what their young QB does well and have that help them win football games. Chicago started to play a lot better once Justin Fields' athleticism was Mm -hmm. being utilized. And so uh, it's funny to see that the athleticism, where it used to be, hey, you got to sit him for a year, you got to sit him for two years, athleticism actually allows you to go out on the field right now and play. So going back to the discussion of trading up, whether it's for Bryce Young specifically or anybody's available. You you don't know either. Oh, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yes, I I totally agree with everything you said. If they trade up for number one, I don't think that necessarily means it's Bryce Young and nobody else. I think anybody could be had there. In fact, Ryan Fowler did say on Mac and Bone earlier this week that he would definitely move up to get either Stroud, Richardson or Bryce Young. Absolutely. Uh, Your franchise, you know, either you got a guy or you're looking for one. And there's a couple, you know, five, six teams in this league right now you can look forward to and say, we got our guy for the next five to seven years. And obviously Carolina doesn't have that guy. And you look at Anthony... You look at Bryce, you look at CJ, uh, I'm much lower on Will Levis than the, major- than the majority. Um, actually, I've had an hooker from Tennessee in front of Will Levis on mm. my board. But for, for me, these quarterbacks, I think, are faces of the franchise. Bryce, CJ, and Anthony specifically. All three of them are worth moving up in my book. Absolutely. Oof. Yeah. And, well, especially, and look, it, it's, it's kind of a lame conversation, but also it's a very real one to have. Mm-hmm. It, it's all about what the team's conviction is in each one of these prospects, right? Like, we'll have our analysis. The team will have theirs. And if a team is all in on Anthony Richardson, then go up and get him. If the team is all in on Bryce Young, then go up and get him. 
I don't think at number nine, especially with the way that pretty much everybody is moving up, Will Levis is probably moving at the slowest pace. Yeah. And it still feels like he's moving up, though. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it doesn't feel like he's moving back because that guy was a top five athlete at the QB position when everybody's being measured at the combine. So it's not like he lost any ground except for the fact that maybe people passed him, if that makes sense. It's not like he's doing anything that's being lost here. So at number nine, you will have the last pick of the litter if you stay there. But if you move up, then you can go get your guy. That's why. Okay. Mock draft. First mock draft of the season. With the first, second, third pick in the NFL draft. Here comes the commissioner. If you're new to this, we did it last week. But what we're going to be doing until the selection process is we have mock draft melees all about mock drafts. In the weeds, in the tall grass that you ain't mowed yet, they'll come out and bite you. So the mock draft melee sneaking up on us, this time it's Todd McShay. The mock draft that was released just yesterday, he's got something spicy for us, uh, Wes, and he's got Will Levis going to Carolina at number nine. It's the exact scenario I talked about, and the reason he has Will Levis falling to Carolina and the Panthers choosing him at number nine is because all the other quarterbacks are gone. If you go up to number four, he has the Vegas uh, Raiders choosing Anthony Richardson. If you go up to two with Houston, he has them picking C.J. Stroud, and number one, he has the Colts trading up to go get Bryce Young. So if you stay at nine, in this scenario, which seems pretty plausible to me, Will Levis would be the pick. What do you make of the mock draft in its entirety, especially with Carolina choosing Will Levis? Um, I could see some of those scenarios playing out. The Raiders, they they can't ever shake the the reputation of wanting big, fast, strong athlete, no, no matter what position it is. So I could see Anthony Richardson being that just because that's what the Raiders do. But as far as the Panthers staying at nine, I don't think they're staying at nine. So I don't think that this scenario is plausible. I think the Panthers will know they do want one of these guys and they're not going to go after Lamar Jackson. They're not going to go after any of these veterans that they are going to make a move to go up because I think that they know that's the only way this is going to happen. Because even if they stay at nine, I don't know that Will Levis will be there at nine. I think somebody will trade up yeah. to get him. It's a good so, point. yeah, I, I I don't think that mock draft is, is accurate. Well, the thing, too, is this is this is going to leave me feeling the least comfortable coming away from the draft if they draft the last quarterback available. Because that at least opens up the door for you not getting the quarterback you truly wanted in the first place. You know what I'm saying? If you do have the last QB that's on the board that you select, then to me that opens up the door for, well, they didn't want to give up assets, but they really would rather have Bryce Young. They'd really rather have Anthony Richardson and or a CJ Stroud. But Will Levis was available, so we took him. That isn't the convincing thing I want to hear from Carolina. No. Now, what they'll do in this scenario is they'll tell you. We, we wanted them the whole time. Won. We thought the draft would <laughs> shake out this way. You've All done this the BS. Yep. Yeah, they'll tell you that. And cool, I, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean it's unequivocally true, but it's going to leave me feeling the least comfortable. Either that or the last one is they'll say, we were happy with getting any of these guys. That'd be the last one that they'd say to try to cover up the bull. If, if, and honestly, I wouldn't love that either. You, you want there to be a definitive quarterback that they want because you want them to have done enough research, all their homework, all of their interviews to say, okay, even if there is a slight difference, 
we think Bryce Young is better than C.J. Stroud, is better than Anthony Richardson, is better than Will Levis. You want to have that kind of order. And if this is the case, yeah, it'd be interesting to see the crowd's reaction to this. Hey, speaking of Will Levis, let's talk more about him. John Hale going to be joining us next of the Lexington Herald leader. He'll be joining us to discuss whether he thinks this would be a good idea for Carolina to select the Kentucky quarterback in the draft coming up really in just a couple months time. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. What's going on? I'm back. You're back. This is the Weston Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, and some people do like it hot, man. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Um, That's a jam. I know that might be a little bit, you know, past y'all, but uh, Robert Palmer, man, R.I.P., God rest I, his soul. I, I know the song. Don't I don't know if like I... like it hot. Oh, okay. No, I know it. <laughs> Can you keep going? I don't know. Don't like it hot. Yeah, I do like that. the heat. Oh, that's a jam. Turning you up. All right. Now that's perfect. Thank All you. All right. <laughs> Join us at just, can you just do that for the next two hours? That's what you want me to do, sing Robert Palmer, the, man? The ratings will go through the roof if you do that. Okay, no doubt about it, man. Well, the ratings are about to perk up anyway <laughs> because we're going to be talking about maybe the future quarterback of the Carolina Panthers. I'm talking about Will Levis, and to talk more about him, we have my man John Hale from the Lexington Herald-Leader who saw this guy every day for the last couple of years. John, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys? We are doing great, man. We want to talk about that quarterback for the Kentucky Wildcats. One, Will Levis came to the combine, told everybody how big the arm was, <laughs> then went out and showed it off on top of some other athleticism that he had. What's your take on where his draft stock stands at this moment and his combine performance? Did he do everything he needed to do to this point. Yeah, I thought it was interesting when we talked to him last week in that interview session when he came out and said, you know, I've, I've got a kid and I want to show it. When he got asked, why are you throwing here when not every top quarterback in the draft does that? He was, frankly, cockier and more confident in that interview session than we saw really in two years at Kentucky. He very much played the part here of like the team leader who's team first, going to do everything for his teammates, especially when he first got here, even though it was clear they brought him in to be the starter. He wanted to earn that role and earn that respect in the locker room. Does he hear him be that confident, you know, I think kind of turn some of our heads locally in Lexington here, but then you take a step back and think about it. it that's Will's message right now. If there's a, 
a case for him to be the top quarterback taken in the draft, and I don't know how likely that is, it's because he has all those physical tools. I mean, he's trying to make the Josh Allen argument. You know, I know Anthony Richardson's in the same boat, kind of, but, you know, look past my college stats, look past some of the struggles that happened because of the supporting cast or whatever, and see that I'm physically maybe the most impressive-looking quarterback in, in the draft. I have the strongest arm. I can make all the throws. I can make plays with my legs when I'm healthy. And so I think he went to the combine very clearly wanting to get that message across both in his interview and then and you know his team meetings and then obviously in his workout on the field. And I think he did that. So the thing about Will Levis, just from my vantage point when I watched him, yes, the physical tools were there, but just sometimes the head-scratching throws that make you worry about him as a pro when the pressure's on, is he going to consistently make the right decisions or sometimes will he just go rogue and just do things that just make you wonder what's going on uh, inside of his head? And so uh, what do you think about that narrative about Will Levis? Was it more on his game and just sometimes he doesn't, uh, process things as they should be, or was it more of a reflection of the 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 cast and maybe the coaches? I think it's a realistic concern, but there's probably a, a number of things there. I mean, when he got to Kentucky two years ago, he left Penn State because they that coaching staff had kind of pigeonholed him as, as a run-first backup quarterback. He, he didn't feel like he was going to get the option. So he went in the portal, and he wanted to find a school that believed in his ability as a passer. And he found that in Liam Cohen, who was the Kentucky offensive coordinator at the time, was the Rams OC last year, and now is back at Kentucky. And so in that 2021 season when Cohen and Levis were together, the development he made were leaps and bounds. I mean, he had Wondell Robinson that season, now with the Giants, as his number one option. He didn't really have any depth at receiver, but Wondell was an elite college receiver, and, and he ended up breaking the school record for catches and receiving yards that year with, with Levis, a quarterback that won 10 games. It's a great season overall. Uh, it was really impressive. And I think some of the disconnect with his college performance now becomes he made that big step from Penn State to year one at Kentucky, Everyone was expecting this huge leap, another one from year one to year two at Kentucky, his second year as the starter. And, you know, there were improvements. I think his passing numbers overall were a little better, but we did not see the big jump we anticipated. And I think part of that is the supporting cast. The offensive line was terrible. They were ranked like 128 out of 131 teams in the country and sacks allowed last year. They had a deeper receiving room, but they were all freshmen, basically. And so those guys made freshman mistakes. They were not necessarily always getting open the way they should be. They were um, they were having some other issues at times. And then the, the part that Will himself has to take accountability of, and I think he has, is because he has that you know, elite arm strength, he's got to figure out when to use his touch on those throws a little more. There were, of his you know 20-plus interceptions, at least five or six bounced off the hands of a receiver into a defensive back. So he's got to figure out when to take a little bit off and, and know that situationally, you know, it's it's not always best to go out there and throw it 59 miles an hour or whatever he got clocked at at the combine last week. I think he can do that. I think it's important to remember that he really only has two years as a full-time college quarterback starter. So if you're drafting Will Levis in the top 10, you think there's room for more projection to continue to make those strides. I think that's definitely within the realm of possibility. 
John Hale joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, a part of the Lexington Herald leader. We're talking about a potential QB for Carolina in Will Levis playing at Kentucky the last couple of seasons. John, when you look at Will Levis, I know you talked about some of the outside influences as far as the supporting cast, the offensive line. But if you just dig into his tape where you're watching what he can be in control of, how big of a difference is there in film in your eyes between Will Levis's junior campaign and his senior campaign? That's a, a hard question to answer because you know we were the the pitch they made after Cohen left Kentucky to go back to the Rams, and they brought in Rich Gangarella, who was the quarterbacks coach of the 49ers at the time, has worked for Kyle Shanahan at several step, different stops. Was that the offense was really not going to miss a beat because it was that same system from the you know Sean McVay Kyle Shanahan coaching tree, but there ended up being some I think real differences in in just the philosophies of the two coordinators. Um, Cohen was much more willing to, I think, adapt his scheme to what the personnel was here. Whereas Gangarello, you know, for better or worse, uh, thought that his, you know, he, the players needed to adapt to the system, and it, it frankly didn't work at times um, in the run game and the blocking and a lot of different things. And then you factor in the you know, four games into the season, I guess game five at Ole Miss last year, Will hurts his foot, gets turf toe to play through that for the entire season. He misses one game, comes back. And hurts his non-throwing shoulder, and then is getting a shot in his foot or whatever every week. So um, the run game part of it—that's that's probably the biggest difference in the film from the two years—is this junior year at Kentucky. He ran a lot. He had over 400 rushing yards. It was a huge part of uh, his game. Even games where he wasn't making a bunch of plays with his arms. You know, Louisville at the end of the the 21 season stands out. He had four rushing touchdowns in that game. He could run over guys. He could hurdle guys. He could make you know guys miss with his legs, and that just didn't happen last year. Philosophically, they decided early in the year they didn't want to run him very much. I think part of that was to protect him as a as a draft prospect. They didn't want to get him hurt, but Scangarello just didn't didn't feel like that was part of his offense. And then after he got the turf toe injury, any opportunity to run really went away. And so I think with that part of his game out. It felt like it wasn't necessarily as impressive as it was the year before. He hadn't made those big strides, even though if you look at the statistically, his efficiency and, and you know some of those numbers actually improved. Well, just what about the athleticism with Will Levis is so enticing? Because you look at Anthony Richardson, he broke some records at the Combine. Certainly nobody is Anthony Richardson, but still pretty much top five in a lot of the athletic categories when you were measuring all the quarterbacks. How impressive is he in that area to you? Yeah, it's it's a big part of his game, and I think that he also last week tried to make sure that that was clear. I mean, he's he's a guy. I mean, he he is truly you know the face of your franchise kind of quarterback in terms of what he presents himself publicly. So he's never going to come out and throw a coach under the bus or throw his teammates under the bus. But I thought reading between the lines, he wanted to make it clear last year that he necessarily or last week that he didn't necessarily agree with the idea that he shouldn't have run as little as he did last year. He wants people to know that's part of his game. And, and, you know, like we said earlier, the Penn State coaches thought he was a run-first quarterback who couldn't make plays with his arm. And so that, you know, obviously was an error in their calculation, but it's because he has that ability to do it. And he can, I think that will translate to the next level when he's healthy. I'm interested to see if at his pro day here in a couple of weeks, if he's healthy enough that he's going to run a 40 or whatever. Um, maybe he doesn't need to do that. But that's part of his game for sure. It, it, the, you mentioned Richardson. It's funny. For us locally, hearing this conversation because you know Anthony Richardson's worst game last year came against Kentucky. They really made him look really bad in week two uh, when, when Kentucky won in Gainesville. And that day, 
was maybe Will's best game of the season. He made one of his most impressive throws on a, on a deep touchdown to, to Dane Key over the middle there. So head-to-head, it, it didn't even look like they were in the same same category. But obviously, one game is not necessarily going to make your NFL prospects. But I think he might not be Richardson in terms of the elite, elite athleticism, but he can make those plays the next level. John Hale, you can follow him on Twitter at John, J-O-N-H-A-L-E underscore H-L. And so he was a two-time team captain voted on by his teammates. Just speak to some of those aspects. You talked about his leadership and how he is with his teammates, but just what did he mean to that locker room? Yeah, it was important. Um, so we he committed to Kentucky winner of 20, the 20, 2020 to 2021 and then finished his degree at Penn State. So he was not on campus for spring practice in 2021. Liam Cohen was in, installing his offense for the first time. They had two other quarterbacks here who had both been pretty highly tied recruits. And so they wanted to make sure that it, it was clear that it was a competition, even though Cohen kind of obviously picked Will Levis as his guy. And so when he came into Lexington, he made a huge point to not act like he was anointed, that he was going to, you know, he was the heir apparent, that it was going to be handed to him. He, he started, you know, third string in that first week of camp. And, you know, it only took two weeks of camp for it to be clear he was the guy. And, and they made a decision then, but he wanted to earn it in the locker room. I think that made a, a big difference to his teammates. I wrote a story last year talking to those guys about just their first impressions. And they all said physically, you know, I, I thought he was a tight end. I thought he was a defense or an outside linebacker or something when you just see him physically. But the personality part of it was huge. I mean, he gets so much attention when he first got here for the crazy TikTok videos or whatever with the eating the banana and the, the mayo <laughs> and his coffee or whatnot. Um, that was, was, I think, got some headlines, but he pretty clearly wanted people to know that that, that was just for fun. That wasn't him. He was serious. He was about his business. And now even more so that he's in this draft conversation. I think he's trying to separate himself a little bit from those early headlines he was made. But it it shows he has personality. But I don't think you could find a single player in Kentucky's locker room who didn't feel like he was there every day. And then last year, for all the struggles, for as much as he was going through physically, I don't think anybody would have blamed him if, you know, a month left in the season he had just said, i got to hang this up. You know, I've got too much on the line for my draft stock, I need to, to sit down and let this foot heal up and, and not play. And he didn't do that. He opted out of their bowl game. Um, nobody blamed him for that. It was the Music City Bowl. But he could have hung it up much earlier. And the fact that he was willing to play through that, I think, gained him a lot of respect in the locker room. And then, John, based off of what you said there, some of the antics, what are some things uh, or something that we don't know about him soon that uh, everybody will come to know that, that just speak to his character or who he is? Yeah, I mean, he's he seems he's kind of guarded in in his public persona. He feels, you know, very much he knows the role he's supposed to play. Like we talked about earlier, he wants to be the face of the franchise. He can do all those things, but those videos, for as you know, as much as maybe he doesn't want to do, he's not going to be eating crazy things anymore. They do show he has quite a bit of personality. I think he's willing uh, to go out and do that with his teammates. He was, you know, it's not uncommon in the age of name, image, and likeness for quarterbacks to bring along their offensive linemen and, and do some of those deals. He did that last year where he had a deal with a local restaurant. He took his linemen out to eat every week, even even though they weren't doing a great job of protecting him. So, I mean, he, he's going to do all those things off the field. Uh, he'll be involved in the community and, and you know, doing you know charitable work, those kind of things. 
to where he he wants to be the total package. He doesn't want to just be a guy who shows up on Sundays and plays. He'll want to be involved wherever he is. Uh, John, as a journalist of the utmost integrity, can you confirm or deny whether you've had mayo in your coffee and or a banana while you ate that with the peel still on it? Did you try any of those things? No, definitely not. Uh, I know some of the SEC Network crews did those on TV when, when he got here, but I was not willing to go that extra one for my job. All right. I feel like I need that question answered. Just how good is it? Because I'm not going to try it either. So before we draft yeah. him at number nine or earlier, I'm going to need that answer before we take a chance on him. I don't know about you, Wes. Man, I don't think I would try. <laughs> Maybe the banana with the peel on it. I might. I might. Still only you. I'm not Let's, doing that. <laughs> Well, listen, John, we appreciate it. You can follow him at John, J-O-N-H-A-L-E underscore H-L on Twitter. We love all the info about Will Levis. We'll see how draft day shakes out. But, man, we appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All right, that was John Hale. A lot of stuff, good stuff he said about Will Levis there. Uh, gives us a little bit more insight into him. Yeah, just interesting about the athleticism. We've been talking about it a little bit, but one thing that I don't think we've talked about a lot is the difference in rushing totals. If you look at what he did, he ran for close to 400 yards mm-hmm. in his junior campaign, nine rushing touchdowns. And then you look at a senior campaign, negative 107. Yeah. And I know that sacks count for that, which is one of the things that needs to be fixed. I think we all have kind of agreed on that. But with sacks counting against you, even still understanding that a 400 yard difference with the amount of rushing yards that you did or did not accumulate and the amount of touchdowns, I think that's something that you actually like that can come back into the fold, right? So if there's an injury where you're not truly worried about his health going forward because it's not like it kept him out for a long period of time and you think that athleticism can come back. Yeah, I mean, there are are some reasons to be in on Will Levis. The processing... The errant throws certainly are going to make you worried, but I I am tantalized about the athleticism, even if it's not Richardson level. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I said, just the decision making for me when I watched him play, I was like, he has great tools, but I don't know that uh, I would want him. But one thing uh, that we do want is the second Fiddy flash of the day. Fiddy, let's get it. I do want it. Come on, Fiddy. (laughs) What you got? Oh, let's switch up. All right, guys. Well, it is March, and last night there were five teams that punched their ticket to the NCAA tournament, including Gonzaga, as Drew Timmy did set the record for most points scored in that program. Northern Kentucky won the the Horizon. He's been there eight years. Uh, he has. Oral Roberts, uh, Oral Roberts won the Summit League. Uh, Farley Dickinson lost their championship final, but Mary Mack, kind of like Queens, they're in that window where they can't go dancing. But Pat Kelsey and Charleston, they finished the regular season, and now they've won their conference tournament. They are 31-3, and and the Cougs are going to be dancing in March. And as Carolina saw in the second game of the season, they can play with anybody a fantastic 
uh, season so far for Pat Kelsey in that program. We did this a lot with Pat Kelsey at Winthrop. If they would make the tournament, we would try to have them upsetting whoever their first round opponent was. But here are some of the accolades for Kelsey. A regular season championship at Winthrop in 2016. Same thing, tournament appearance in 17 and 21. Also regular season championship and conference tournament championship in 19 and 20. Here is 31 and 3. Pat Kelsey's insane as a coach. He's very good. I didn't know that he was an Xavier alumnus. Yeah, and he was uh, at Wake when I was there as well. That's on the right. Staff with God rest that man. So if Skip you Prosser. if you talk to him about Skip Prosser, just can't say enough glowing yeah, things about him. Mm-hmm. Respects the hell out of him. All right. Uh, oh, never mind. Oh, what you got, Fiddy? I was ahead. just gonna say that the fact that I, I didn't know until last night, but the fact that he they went the Sean Miller route over one of their own just shows you that schools will sell their soul to the devil in the name of winning. No matter if they got to hire a cheating scumbag coach in the process. <laughs> oh, that's what he wanted to stop you on right yes, there. He needed to sure. get that insult in. <laughs> All right. Well, when we come back, folks, you get a special Wednesday edition with me departing for the ACC tournament. You get a special fire fizzle, and it's coming up, folks. This is Wesson Walker on Sports Radio 97 WFNZ. <laughs> Unexpectedly, yes, but it's still here. It's that time. Because Wes Bryan is going to be at the ACC tournament in Greensboro, he's going to be leaving us the next couple of days. He'll yes. be joining us. He'll be checking in, still tapping in. We need to figure out what kind of on-site journalism you can conduct. I know you want us. food. I know if anything. That's well, you know, this is how we operate. This All right, let's is... get the five fizzle, though. We only got eight minutes here, man. <laughs> we only got eight minutes. It's 1.45, yeah. and we have five options for us to go to. That's right. And I was just going to sit there well, and banter for a minute, and then we were going to jump in. Well, you know, last week we had to cut it short. Well, that's because I ain't going to say it. Do it. We had something crazy. Oh, no. I want we, y'all to fight. It's we, always me and Wes fighting. No, you man, can fight. constantly. We, Come on. We had something crazy happen while we're screaming about gas station food, and so it was probably time to put that at the end for a little bit, and then we had to come in and talk about a pretty prominent figure's death. But you're right. Let's go to fire. Hit it right now. Let's come go. on, Fiddy. Top, Bring top. it. Bring it right now. Dynamic producer. Top, top. Now we're talking about Rocky and Creed movies, whether they're fire or fizzle. West first one up, Rocky number one, Fire Fizzle. You tell well, me. we know the story of Rocky coming from the streets, coming from nothing. He wasn't even book smart. But that man got himself together and used his two hands to build an empire of movies. And this one started it all when he was given a chance by Apollo Creed, who would later have a franchise after his son that he had out of wedlock. The two interesting grunt decisions right there. Wedlock and Booksmart. But I'm here with it. So when we're talking about the first Rocky, the one that started it all, without that, there would be no Creed. There would be no Drago. There would be no... um, There would be no... Oh, Lord, Lord, Lord. Mr. T's... um, Clubber Lang. Clubber Lang. Thank you. There would be no Clubber Lang. the movie? So with that said, Rocky, the first one is straight... Fire is the one that's running it all. The Genesis. We're going to skip Rocky 2, and we're going to move on to yeah, Rocky man. number 3 mm. with your guy, Mr. T, Fire Fizzle West. That's right. Rocky 3. 
Rocky is getting fat and happy. He's getting to the bag. He's getting it all. He's training in front of people. And and my man came and told him, he said, you're not hungry anymore. You're not the guy that you used to be. You're getting fat and happy. Meanwhile, there was a guy who was training in the depths of the belly. Okay? Mickey tried to warn him. He said, this guy knock you in the next week, Rock. He tried to tell him. It hurt him so much that Mickey had a damn heart attack and went away after the first fight because Rocky got beat so bad. So what did Rocky do? He got with Apollo Creed, the man that he took the belt from, and he went to the urban community, and he learned the footwork. He learned how to box. Let's keep it real, like a black man. He ran on the beaches. (laughs) He was scared to death. And then his wife came out there and asked him, what are you afraid of? And then cue the music, and then he came out and beat the brakes off Clubber Lang in that second match. And for that reason, Clubber Lang, I pity the fool. When Apollo walked over there, he said, come on, Creed. Then shoved him and said, I want you in my corner. And for that reason, one of the greatest boxing villains of all time, Rocky bouncing back after all that versus in the world. It is straight fire. One of my favorites in the franchise. You just told us the online or the audible version of that movie is what you just did. (laughs) And it's fire. Rocky number four. What you got for us? We already know he goes to Russia after the death of Apollo Creed. Drago beat that man like a drum and a doggone Roots concert. And Rocky had to go avenge his death. (laughs) So he went to Russia. The primitive training while Drago had all the technology, all the steroids, all the juice. But it didn't stop Rocky. He took a beating for I don't know how many rounds before he came back and got it done. And little did he know he was going back to the hood in Rocky Five after damn Paulie signed over his power of attorney. Lord have mercy. Just thinking about that alone Spoiler. makes me want to kill somebody. But for that reason, Rocky Four, one of the greatest movies of the 90s, is straight. It's Rocky Four. What did you think I was going to say? All right, so we had three Rocky movies. All of them were fire. We will move on to Creed. Creed number one. I've seen this movie. Yes. What you got for us, Fire Fist? Oh, after Drago beat the hell out of Apollo Creed and killed him. Little did we know that there was a son that was off in the cut somewhere, going to juvenile, fighting because his dad wasn't there. And we found out it was young Michael B. Jordan. And that he, too, would get a shot to fight pretty Ricky Conlon, and the rest was history. He tried to hide the name. He tried to hide the identity, but he couldn't anymore, and he took it on Young Adonis, the genesis of Young Adonis, and Creed won for him to become heavyweight champion of the world. And for that reason, it is straight fire. The Creed series begins. Last one on the list. Yes, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Creed 3. Yes. You tell me, Wes. Fire Fizzle. Saw the Creed 3 on Saturday. Went into it with lukewarm expectations. Jonathan Major, to me, is an average actor. I didn't know what to expect from this film. I went into it thinking it would be solid at best. And then what did I do when I went in there and I saw that movie? I'm sitting there near the end of it with the fight scenes that are just beyond epic. The cinematography, the soundtrack, everything about it, the vibe, the storyline. I'm not going to give away spoilers to the people here because you got to go out and see it. All I'm going to tell you at this point is it had me contemplating. Folks, take 
the nostalgia out of it. You guys that still think 90s basketball was the best. You guys that think John Havlicek would be a dominant player in today's NBA. Take the nostalgia out of it. This Creed 3 had me contemplating, was this the best movie of all of the franchises, including Rocky? You can at me. Take the nostalgia out of it. The Creed 3 is unbelievable. And no, I don't work for the studio. And no, I don't work for no damn Creed 3. And so you know what's coming. I know what's coming. Creed 3 is straight fire. One of the best sports movies already. And it had the biggest opening for a sports movie of all time. Because we have Cut enough- that music off. Gets so forceful when he's doing fire fizzle. A little scared. Tells you what to do. He becomes the OG here on this show. <laughs> but hey, look at that. We have enough time. <clears throat> yeah, one minute. We got Thankfully, enough, I we, cut you off. We got enough time to see what your assessment is on Rocky Five because someone wanted to hear your opinion on Rocky Five. Rocky Five, it's one of those bad movies, but you love it because it's part of uh, the storied history of Rocky. Rocky had to go back to the hood. Paulie signed over his damn power of attorney. Rocky was broke, man. That that movie would make you want to cry to think about all that Rocky had, and he had to move out because of his damn wife's brother. I give that man all the credit in the world for not killing him because I would have took him out in the backyard and beat those ribs up Ooh. like I was about to put them on the grill. That man would have been, amazing. that man would have had cracked ribs and all types of cracked stuff for signing over my pal return. This is top of the dome, by the way, with the ribs grill reference. Incredible stuff. <laughs> but I do enjoy the movie because he tried to train young Tommy Gunn. And it backfired on him, and then he took him out in the backyard into the streets. Rocky went back to the damn streets. He was laying there, and he looked up to the heavens, and he saw Mickey telling him to get up and get his fight on because Tommy Gunn was beating the hell out of him. But he came back and got it done once again once he saw Adrian. And then in the end, when he knocked George Washington Duke up on the bends, when he said, touch me and I'll sue, classic Rocky. We're not even going to talk about the Rocky after that one with Antonio Tarver. That movie, I'll never watch it again. I saw it one time, and that was one time too many. <laughs> you take this out the first five, I'm burn. all here for it, but Rocky Balboa was rough. Are you on Tell Us Fire or Fizzle now? That's the segment. Rocky Five, Fire, Fizzle. Oh, Rocky Five, just because it's part of the thing. The whole storyline, the man's going from rags to riches because I didn't put it in the rundown. But it is straight fire. What else you think is Rocky? But Rocky Balboa, and I think too because it didn't have a number on it too. I'm not going to call that one fire at all. That was Fizzle. Rocky Balboa was Fizzle. You got lost in the sauce for those ribs you were beating I did not get lost. I did not put Rocky Five in the rundown. Look, man, this is what makes you great. When the top of the dome stuff comes up. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but you, you made it sound like I had it in there and I forgot. Come on, I'm a pro, damn it. Act like one. Sam Farmer <laughs> joining us next. <laughs> Wesley Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.